Hey everyone, I'm so glad you joined me today. Welcome to the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 28-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of three books, The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, 31 Days in God's Word. You can find all three of those on Amazon. You can find them at Dorenda Wilson.com. And you can find the four-hour school day at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to the places that I just mentioned. Also, if you would like to receive a free digital download of my devotional that goes with the four-hour school day, um, you can do that by subscribing to my monthly newsletter. If you do that, you will receive the devotional titled Encouraging a Homeschool Heart. And like I mentioned before, it ties in with and goes with, accompanies the four-hour school day. I'll include a link in the show notes for that. I'm speaking at several places in 2023. I would love for you to join me um, and I'd love to meet you in person. So I will leave a link to those places as well. Also, you have heard me talk about CTC Math for some time now, but I'm wondering if you've actually tried it. CTC Math provides online video tutorials that make learning math easy and effective. This online math program uses creative graphics and animation that are sure to grab and keep your child's attention. I'm getting great feedback from moms on this as well. So start your free trial today by visiting ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Well, it's been a while since I've done a devotional type episode, and uh, I decided to do this today. It was sort of a random thing because this morning I was in God's Word. I'm going through the Psalms, and this one particular Psalm that I was reading, it's Psalm 33, um, there were so many things that jumped out at me that are so applicable to us in motherhood and specifically in our uh time that we're living in. And I just really wanted to uh, share those things with you because um, they were just so encouraging to me. And I just feel like, you know, if if God in his graciousness shows us these things, we need to share them with others. And so that's what I'm doing today. We're going to go through Psalm 33. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read through the Psalm first, um, and then I'll go through it verse by verse. And after that, um, we'll just we'll just close in a word of prayer. But I was going to share when I I've been going through the Psalms and the way that I've been doing it. And this might be kind of interesting or helpful to you, so I'll go ahead and share it. Um, how I do it is um, I read through the Psalm first, so I can get a good sort of perspective on kind of the message of that particular Psalm, and just sort of note the things that are standing out to me. And then I go back through and read it verse by verse, along with the commentary that is included in my study Bible. And the study Bible that I use is the Reformation Study Bible, the English Standard Version, and it is a condensed edition. And so I'll share a link in the show notes to that as well, because it's perfect for um, just that everyday quiet time where we're maybe not diving in for long periods of time, but we're getting some really great nuggets and really great explanation of what is going on in the passages that we're reading. Because what we don't want to do is place our own stories or ideas onto scripture. We want to read the scripture 
and read what is being said. What is God wanting to communicate to us? Um, We know that the Bible is actually not written to us. It was written for us. So it's important for us to understand the context of what is uh, going on in the particular book that we're reading, uh, who is the writer, who is the audience. And, um, and so that's what I love about a study Bible is that it will tell you all of that at the very beginning. And most of us know that the Psalms were written by several different people, mostly by David. And this one doesn't note exactly who wrote it, but, um, it's just a series of, you know, amazing, amazing chapters that really, really reflect, um, who God is. They really help us get to know who God is. So um, I'm not going to go into to all of that in terms of, you know, the context of where exactly this psalm was at the time. Um, what I want to focus on really is the content today and then some of the comments in my study Bible, along with some other things that um, other passages that came to mind um, that tie in with this. But the point of all of this is to recognize the steadfastness of the Lord, just how steadfast he is. Because at the end of the day, we all know we are fickle, right? We, our feelings change, we change, um, we are not steadfast. So to be able to cling to a God who is actually steadfast, who is unchanging, that is just an incredible, incredible um, gift to us. You know, even as women, we have emotions. We often are all over the place. But to know that our God is unchanging can actually help stabilize us and help, as I put in the title, it can help anchor us, anchor our souls, anchor our emotions, anchor us in circumstances that seem like uh, circumstances that we can't remain stable in, but it is God who stabilizes us. And we he does that through our knowledge of him and knowing how steadfast he is and how sovereign he is. And so that those are some of the things we're going to be um, looking at in this particular passage. Okay, so I'm going to read through Psalm 33 and then we'll go verse by verse. Shout for the joy, shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with the harp of tin strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfastness of the Lord, the steadfast love of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and by the breath of his mouth, all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap. He puts the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him for he spoke and it came to be, he commanded, and it stood firm. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of man. From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. 
he who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation and by its great might, it cannot rescue. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love that he may deliver their souls from death and keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us even as we hope in you. Don't you love that? So let's start back at the beginning of the chapter. It says, shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. The word befits means it is fitting. It is right. It is proper. It is in character with. So it is in character with the righteous to praise him. So praise befits. It is a fitting thing for us to do. It is a proper thing for us to do. It should be in character with who we are. Verse two says, give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with the harp of 10 strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. And that, that phrase new song has everything to do with, um, it, it's, be, it's found in context often with victorious war and can be seen as shouts of victory. Moms, let's have praise and worship be playing in our house at certain points in the day, maybe throughout the day, because it is an act of faith. It is if you are feeling as though you are in a battle, this is declaring victory over that battle. You are declaring Jesus as king over whatever battles you are facing within the four walls of your home. You are saying Jesus is king and you are singing the victory song before the victory happens. You are claiming it because you know that Jesus is king and you are saying Jesus is Lord over this household. He is Lord over this family and we will have victory over our battles today. Verse four says, for the word of the Lord is upright. Moms, all that God does is good. He can do nothing less than perfect good. So whatever the circumstances we are in, we know that he is sovereign over those circumstances and he will work all things out for our good and his glory because he says in Romans 8, 28, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So moms, we don't have to wish for different children, different circumstances, different husband, different homes. We can find contentment in what he has ordained for our lives and walk in obedience to him in it. We are called to bear fruit in all circumstances. We cannot do that without him, but it is possible with him. With God, all things are possible. Um, With man, (laughs) things can seem absolutely impossible. Um, But with God, all things are possible. So then that verse goes on to say, um, so we just read, for the word of the Lord is upright and all his work is done in faithfulness. In verse five, he says he loves 
righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. Now that word steadfast is often associated with covenant. We are in covenant with God and God always keeps his covenant. We are covenant breakers, but because we are in covenant with God, because of what Jesus did on the cross, and because of God's everlasting covenant faithfulness to us, we continue to be in relationship with him. Our sins are covered. They are removed from us as far as the east is from the west. And we lean into the steadfast love of the Lord. What does the word steadfast mean? Loyal, faithful, committed, devoted, dedicated, dependable, reliable, steady, true, constant, staunch, firm, determined, resolute, and relentless. So the earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. And, you know, we look around and sometimes we could say, oh, my goodness, there are so many terrible things happening And it's true, but moms, everything is on a leash. We don't understand some of the mysteries of God and why he allows some things, but we can trust in his steadfast love and his relentless love for his people, okay? Um, So I was reading just a little blurb from a blog post by Jonathan Parnell. He had this to say about the steadfast love of God. Everything God does is done in faithfulness. Every move God makes in this universe is about what he's said he would be for his people. And it's so pervasive that we're told in verse five, the earth is full of the steadfastness, the steadfast love of the Lord. The two statements, all his work and the earth is full, make the same point in two different ways with one thing clear. God's faithfulness is everywhere. It is boundless and unending. If we simply look at the trees and at the seasons that continue to come and go every year, Year after year after year, we see an example of the steadfastness of God. I was just reading in um, the account of Noah with our son today, um, and it was talking about how God renewed his covenant, um, made this covenant with Noah. And he was saying he would never again flood the earth. And he also made the statement that the seasons would never stop. They would continue and continue and continue. And we see that happening as we look around us. And so that's one of the, just one of the smallest things that we can look at that represent the vast steadfastness of the Lord. It is never wavering. In verse six, it says, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and by the breath of his mouth, all their host. Moms, do you realize all he has to do is speak? He speaks all things into being. And when we recognize that he has spoken all creation into being, but he has also spoken us into being. He has spoken our children into being, our husbands into being, our circumstances into being. And it's here we see his unmatched power. In verse seven, he gathers the water's of the sea as a heap, and he puts the deeps in storehouses. Now, this is a poetic description of how God exercises command over the waters of chaos. So moms, we need to remember that as moms, 
as we're going throughout our days within the four walls of our home, we are also bringing order to chaos, whether we are tidying our homes, cleaning out a closet, making meals, discipling, and disciplining our children. All of this is taking what tends toward chaos and bringing it in and and bringing order to it. This glorifies God as it reflects His character. And it also, again, declares Jesus as Lord because Jesus brought order to chaos. He took all authority in heaven on earth and has been brought under his feet when he died and rose again. So he brought order to chaos and he continues to do that in our lives. And he also does it through us. We are continuing his work when we bring order to chaos. Verse eight says, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Verse nine, for he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. Again, his words brought all things into being and they continue to do so firmly. Verse 10, the Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the people. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Let's just stop here and talk about politics for a minute. I mentioned this in the episode that I did on motherhood and politics. If you didn't listen to that, please go and do that. Um, But let's just talk about how much deception is going on. How many attempts have there been to take over the world? You know, I think about it and I think about how evil and deceitful the heart of men really is, you know, and how we should have, by all intents and purposes, blown ourselves up a long, long time ago. And this is what makes me very confident that God does, in fact, have everything on a leash. Um, Again, we would have blown ourselves up a long time ago. That is the depth of the wickedness of man. And yet God has not allowed it. And so as we look at all of the deceit that is going on when it comes to politics, and we see the evil that is happening and the attempts to take over, um, even you know, forming a one world government, we do not need to fear because, listen to this moms, the counsel of the Lord is what stands forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. God has good. God has good planned. Yes, he allows evil. But throughout scripture, the plan for God's people is a hopeful one. And this is why I believe that we are, we are continuing. God left, Jesus left us with the job, the duty, the um, ordination of continuing his work. And so we're going to continue his work until the great commission has been fulfilled and pretty much All of the world is loving and serving God, and then Jesus is going to return. So this is a conquering mode. We are in a conquering age, and even though it doesn't feel like it per se, um, and we mentioned this in the episodes that we did about the last days, are we in the last days? Um, How do we live in hope when the church says everything's going to fall apart? And what about Jesus' return and the mark of the beast and the antichrist and all of that? Um, And we talk about it from a different perspective than what most of us have heard. Most of us have been taught premillennialism and a lot of people hold firm to that. And I I get that. Um, This is a different perspective that has also been in existence uh, for every bit as long 
as premillennialism and was embraced by the Puritans. It is a message of hope. And so um, I'm going to leave a link in the show notes if you want to go and listen to those. But my point is what the word of God is saying right now. Right here in Psalm 33, the Lord brings the counsel of nations to nothing and he frustrates the plans of the peoples. They don't have any more control than he allows them to have. They think they're so smart and so wise and so in control and so powerful. And they are not because the counsel of the Lord is what stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Don't be fooled, moms. God is sovereign and he is good and he is very much in control. Verse 12, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. So we often think of the U.S. when we think of a nation because that's most of us are part of the U.S., right? Most of my listeners are. I know some of you are not. and um, But we think of maybe the nation that we live in. And I don't know about what nation you're living in, but if you're living in the U.S., you know it is clear that this is not a nation whose God is the Lord. But moms, we are part of a nation whose God is the Lord. It is we who have been grafted as God's people. We have been grafted in as God's people. So we are his nation, his chosen ones, his church. We are that nation. So blessed, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. Moms, God is is, he has been, he is, and he will continue to take care of his people because he is a faithful, steadfast covenant God. Verse 13, the Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of man. From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. He is fully aware, moms, and everything again is on a leash. He knows what is going on and he is in control. Verse 16, the king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation and by its great might, it cannot rescue. This brought to mind Isaiah 31 verses one through three. So when we talk about the war horse, we talk about a great army. um, We're talking about worldly strength, worldly wisdom, worldly resources. And that is what this is referring to in Isaiah 31, one through three. Let me read to read it to you. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help. Egypt represents the world and rely on horses who trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong, but do not look to the Holy One of Israel or consult the Lord. And yet he is wise and brings disaster. He does not call back his words, but will rise against the house of the evildoers and against the helpers of those who work iniquity. The Egyptians are man and not God, and their horses are flesh and not spirit. When the Lord stretches out his hand, the helper will stumble and he who is helped will fall and they will all perish together. And so what I'm reading there is we need to not put our hope in a a political figure. We need to not put our hope in worldly wisdom. We need to not look to the world for salvation, um, for you know these great, great wisdom, these great sages. 
We have got to rely and trust in and look to the Holy One of Israel and consult with him. Verse 18 says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. That's us moms. To fear is to revere, to be in awe of him, to acknowledge his power. So behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love. We're not hoping in chariots and horses. We're not going to put our all of our eggs in the nest of some politician that's supposed to come and save us, some law that's going to be passed that's going to, you know, change our world. You know, these are good things to participate in. These are good things to be influencers in. And of course, we vote and all of that, obviously. But that is not where we are putting our hope. And that is not where we are consulting for wisdom. We are looking to the Lord, our God. And we are hoping in his steadfast love that he may deliver, this is verse 19, that he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Our souls wait for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart is glad in him because, because we trust in his holy name. Last verse. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for your word that is so clear about the kind of God you are. Lord, thank you for revealing yourself to us in Psalm 33 today. Thank you that we can put our hope fully in you. We don't trust in horses and chariots in this world's wisdom. Lord, we put our hope in you. Our heart is glad in you because we trust in your holy holy name. Lord, we do want your steadfast love to be upon us, even as we hope in you, God. We thank you that we can trust you with our lives, our circumstances, our children, our marriages, our homes. Father, may we be found faithful within the four walls of our homes to walk in obedience to you. May we bring order to chaos. May we be faithful to respect our husbands, to submit to them, to love our children, Lord, to disciple them and to discipline them the way you have called us to. May we keep our homes in ways that glorify and honor you. May we feed our families in ways that are nourishing to them. And Lord, we say that the same thing that was said in Psalm 20, verse seven, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. In Jesus' name, amen. One last resource to share with you. Are you concerned? about your child's current education and it won't give that it won't give them the skills necessary to succeed in any area of life consider homeschooling with classical conversations by applying the classical christian model of education the classical conversations curriculum encourages students to learn how to learn and how to think for themselves so they can adapt to every challenge life throws at them join the over 50,000 families in 50 countries who have chosen to educate their children with classical conversations and visit classicalconversations.com/direct that's classicalconversations.com slash Dorinda. I'll leave a link in the show notes. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.